Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 50. I can't believe we've actually hit 50. This is amazing, and it's also, we've passed, yesterday, we actually passed the halfway point in this movie, because there are 96 minutes, and yesterday we did 49, and I was too busy talking with my guest that I even forgot to mention it. So, we are beyond the halfway mark. So, Welcome to Minute 50 of Season 4 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan rom-com when Harry met Sally, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today to finish off this week is Heather Baxendale of Word of Hellmouth. Welcome back, Heather. Hello, thank you for having me on again. You see, you got to be here for the midway point of this movie. And and I didn't even acknowledge it till right now. <laughs> no, no, it's very exciting though. It's very exciting. Yeah, I got yeah. I still got the best scenes. I got the best scenes. Um I, I think it's a great movie and you got them you definitely let's put it this way. You got the most iconic scenes. How's that? I got the most iconic scenes. I got yes, yes. I did. That's it's, that's more appropriate. Yes. And and, and and the truth is, as we mentioned, I, I think you and I did a nice job talking about those minutes in a very adult, uh professional way. So, you know, I I, I think we, we we did those minutes justice. We did. Yes. We did. And hope, like hopefully hopefully people are still here listening and haven't run away after listening to those episodes. <laughs> Well, if you haven't, thank you. And if you did, goodbye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> come come back next season. There you go. <laughs> exactly. So minute 50 begins with Harry and Sally recovering from the dip and ends with the couple finding some cover. So yesterday we, we started off with this uh, New Year's Eve party that Harry and Sally are, are uh, part of. Again, we don't know whose party this is. We don't recognize anyone else. You know, apparently apparently they do have more than just they have other friends besides, you know, Jess, Alice, and Marie. Somehow. You know, somehow they got invited to this party. We don't know if it's a work party. We don't know if it's if it's just you know, maybe it's a party in someone's in one of their building. You know, it could could be anything. This is true. You know, it. Uh, I, I like the. On the one hand, I like the amb- ambiguity of it. On the other hand, it would have been nice to know, you know, where. The, it doesn't matter for the movie to know where this is happening, but it would have been nice to know, you know, that this is an office party or that this is, you know, a, yeah, this is the co-op of of uh, Billy's, uh, you know, of Harry's apartment. I don't know. Especially since it's kind of the centerpiece of the story as far yeah. as all of these important moments happen on this particular date. So Correct. yeah, it would have been, it would have been neat to, to know a little bit more. I agree. Yeah. I mean, because again, we also know that new year's is a very important date in this, in this movie because it is the only date that is basically um, mentioned twice in this movie because we have, you know, the minutes now and the very last minutes of the movie also uh, discuss something that happens over New Year's. So it's it's nice to see that this is the midway point, you know, and then you know we're going to get almost the exact same number of episodes or minutes before we get back to them once again in New at New Year's. So you know, I I like the the bookend aspect of it. You know, this is the second uh, part of the movie. The first part of the movie was the build up of of you know they they like each other, they hate each other, they like each other, they hate each other. And then they get to the point where, okay, they're great friends. And then, okay, let's see now what happens for the next rest of the movie where they're great friends. 
you know, where yes. this great friendship will take them. And I mean, we talked a little bit about it yesterday that even at this point, you know, we can see the confusion on both of their faces. You know, neither one of them is sure what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. You know, they're dancing cheek to cheek. Um, Sally makes a comment about the fact that she likes the fact that he doesn't have a beard. You know, so there there is something to that. And and I actually just it just dawned on me right now. I mean, later on, spoiler alert for anyone who for some reason hasn't watched this movie before listening to this uh, thing in the very final uh, scenes. You know, Harry once again is without a beard. Yeah. You know, like yes. even even after when they're doing their interview, their documentary interview and stuff like that, meaning that he knows that Sally likes him better without a beard. That is a you know? really good observation. Um, I don't remember right now if we ever see him in this movie again with a beard. It's possible that at this point. You I know, don't he... think we do. No, right. no, no. I think there's I think maybe one more part. I think there's one more part where he does. And I think it's strategic but maybe i'm mistaken about that too um oh oh before i forget i think i remember the last episode um you asked me what the style of her hair was i think and i could totally be wrong but i think it's called a waterfall really i think i feel like that's what it is i could it, be totally it wrong. sort of makes sense because that is what it looks like yes that's why i thought it if not then that's what it should be called <laughs> no, there is a waterfall water no it's not it's not there's it's something else the waterfall hairstyle from what i see is is from you know by doing a quick search on google is something completely different so i uh, no yeah yeah yep see heather doesn't know what she's talking about well, you know more than I did. I didn't. I've never even heard of the waterfall hairstyle. So, you know. Okay, okay, but if I pull it up as waterfall ponytail '80s, it comes up. Oh, really? Yep, yep, yep. So it's, it's a it's waterfall a pon ponytail. Yeah. You know? So if you if you pull up waterfall ponytail '80s, you get some really weird stuff. But you get a lot of the ponytails that are either high and they all come down on the side. Is kind of. Wow, you're right. Of, that's look. exactly what yeah. they are. Well, well, there really are some some really strange ones here when you do clicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally bizarre ones, but I think I think it's there's one where close. someone looks like a, the the girl is like getting half electrocuted. Uh, I know, you know I don't understand it, but it's very eighties. <laughs> right. No, but there is eighties there... hair is just take your hairspray and take a blow dryer and just go go to the mattresses with it. Right. Actually, the the picture that they that they have here on Google that I see. Of, of this hairstyle is actually with uh was it candace cameron from uh full house yes 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 you it was that. very it was very very popular i'm certain i've done it with my my own hair as well but i don't i don't 100 know if that's the correct term for it but i think that's what sally's hair is if there are, are people listening please leave a comment and let us know whether or not i am correct or wrong but it looks like i'm at least onto something yeah, I, I think you're halfway there because I think I think only uh, Candace Cameron has the actual, you know, uh, the picture. I think she's the only one who who it looks that way. So I don't know. Don't know. That's very very strange. Yeah. Okay. Another another term for it is the whale spout. The whale spout. The whale spout. Yes. Oh, Candace Cameron, she's so cute. Yes, I see more of these now. This this. This is closer to it. I don't know that it's right, but it's definitely closer. Ooh, Demi Moore, too. Yeah, she was pulling that off and saying almost fire. Um, 
Yeah, it might be the whale spout. That it could be the whale spout waterfall. I think we're at least we're we're on the right path here. It starts with a W. There you go. It's a, it's a W. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate the indulgence. <laughs> I don't even see the picture of of Demi Moore. Yeah, it's it's definitely close. It's definitely it's definitely close. Alyssa Milano. I see one with Alyssa Milano, where she did it too. Man, the eighties were wild. <laughs> Completely. It, um, oh no, maybe it's called a rat tail. Oh, rat tail. That's like a that's like a dude thing, isn't it? I don't know, because the picture of Cam, Cameron. Uh, no, you're right. So I don't know why that that you're right. That's a dude thing. You're you're completely right about that. No, because well, it had it had a picture of Cam, uh, Candace Cameron with a Candace. Yeah. Yeah, Candace, Candace Cameron. Cameron. Right with with a, and it said rat tail, and I was like, okay, maybe that's it, but it's not. No. No, no, no. Forget I said that. <laughs> No, 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 no. Yeah, let's, let's move along. Let's move along. Yes, moving on now. <laughs> so then, you know, Sally, uh, you know, said we, we ended things yesterday with, with Harry dipping her and, you know, uh, saying dipping you. And Sally is talk, taken a little by surprise and says, oh. And then she says, I really want to thank you for taking me out tonight. And then Harry goes, oh, don't be silly. And the next New Year's Eve, if neither one of us is with anybody, you got a date. Deal. And then says, see, now we can dance cheek to cheek. Mm. And they, they, they keep doing that. you know. The, so, you know, Sally, first of all, seems very ecstatic about the fact that he is willing to take her out and that mm-hmm. she has someone to go out with. Um, she, she seems sincere with what she's saying it, but she also seems as if, you know, it, it's slightly inappropriate for her to be saying this. You know, you get that look on her face that, should I really have been saying this? Don't really know. Yeah. You know, she doesn't know it. I think she doesn't know what line she's crossing in which she's not. Correct. They're both, at this point, we've established that they're both aware that there's something there. But they, neither of them know, seem to know yet what correct. is or isn't either. Yeah. So... Uh, Harry's response is, is a very typical one. It's a normal response where he says, oh, don't be silly. The next New Year's, is, if neither one of us is with anybody, you got a date. Now, this has become a TV trope. Okay, yeah. I don't know if they got the idea from this movie. I don't know if this movie got Probably. it from somewhere else. But this is something I, I've mentioned numerous times that this movie has so many scenes that feel like they're right out of Seinfeld. You know, this is yeah. another one. You know, you have, yeah. it, there, there are two actually cases on Seinfeld where this happens. One is with between uh, Elaine and Kramer and one is with, with uh, Jerry and, and Elaine. So yeah, in, it's, it's a marriage. It's a marriage pack though. Isn't that's it? right. It's a marriage pack. It's yeah. not just a date dating pack. It's a marriage pack. But again, that's more or less the, it's the vibe that the, it's the vibe that, that we get from this. You're right. It's very yeah. inspired. You know, so in, in the uh, episode, the wife, from 1994 of Seinfeld. So Kramer says, hey, Elaine, what do you say if neither, neither one of us is married in 10 years, you and I get hitched? So Elaine says to him, make it 50. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cosmo turns to Jerry and goes, hey, we're engaged. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> um, I mean, even uh, How I Met Your Mother had had a, yep, that was uh, an episode about that where where Robin says, we should make a pact. If the years go by and we both turn 40 and we're still single, 
And then Ted goes, Robin Savatsky, will you be my backup wife? And Robin says, a girl always dreams of hearing those words. Yes, yes, a million times, yes. She literally does become his backup wife. God, that, that, is, just, that is correct. That show just ruined it. Yes. <sighs> yeah. But but yeah, it's it's definitely turned into, and I and you're definitely right. You see it on, on sitcoms all the time. I, and it works sometimes, too. Sometimes it doesn't. I thought it worked on Seinfeld. <laughs> but yeah. I love Seinfeld. Seinfeld is... Doesn't do too much wrong as far as I'm concerned. Right. Right. I mean, it, and I mean, I I have here a whole list. I mean, have on Friends also. The there there were episodes with that. You know, um, you know, there was there was the idea that that uh, you know Monica says, "Why won't I be married when I'm 40?" And Chandler goes, "Oh no no no! I just meant hypothetically." <laughs> this is before they were dating. So Monica goes, okay, hypothetically, why won't I be married when I'm when, when I'm 40? And Chandler goes, no, no, no. And Monica goes, no. What is it? Seriously, is there something fundamentally unmarriable about me? And Chandler goes, uh, well, dear God, this is a parachute and a knapsack. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. So you know, it's something that that you know, because Chandler suggests to Monica that if neither of them are married by the time they're 40, they they should have a child together. You know, and this was before they were dating. Yeah. And I feel like a long time before, a long time before. Yeah. Right. And then beforehand, there's, there's, uh, you know, when Chandler and Monica get engaged, the other girls start to feel insecure about their own love lives. So since they were, they were all still single at this point. So Phoebe says she made a pact with Joey years ago that they would marry each other if both were single when they were 40. What, what's with 40? Why is like 40 the cutoff for them? It's like really strange. Um, as a woman, I'm going to say it's because women biological clock. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Exactly. And yep. then uh, Rachel uh, makes a pact with Ross at the same time, um, and Ross claims that he already made that deal years ago with Phoebe. <laughs> and, I love Phoebe. <laughs> and Phoebe's response was, is she always needs a backup for her backup. And then at the end, Ross becomes Rachel's backup, and Joey be- becomes Phoebe's backup. And in the end, Ross and Rachel finally get together in the end of the show. So it doesn't really matter. So it's, it's just fun the way that they they did that. There was an episode of Frasier that also uh, deals with something like that. You know, it, it's it said that 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 Roz, you know, Roz was his producer, was Frasier's producer. And she she is about to suggest one of them. And Frasier agrees that to marry her if they were both single at a certain time. And, you know, then we find out that Roz was going to suggest that they actually kill each other instead of getting married. You know, that was what she wanted. I think I remember that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, there, there's so... there's tons of these. You, you have on Murphy Brown. The, the movie like it happened on Scrubs with J.D. and with Elliot, too, which they ended up. See, I think I like it when it's it's bizarro and it's out of the box where it's not like like Kramer and Elaine. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but when it's a character that they actually have some kind of emotional attachment to, like Ross and Rachel, which I, I hate Ross. I hate Ross. I hate Ross so much. But uh, <laughs> I liked but him. I really him. liked him in the first season. I think he was great in the first season, and then they ruined him. Oh, he's awful. Him and Ted both, actually. Ted Mosby and Ross Geller are two of the worst characters on television ever. I have no empathy for either of them. Yes, and I like David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer's very, very good. He's he's also very talented. Um, I'm not a huge Friends fan either, which uh-huh. go okay. over to some people. But... Oh, okay, well, we're going to end this episode. And... <laughs> <laughs>
I know it doesn't. Well, just wait if you hear until tomorrow. <laughs> I just feel like I I don't dislike Friends. I I watched it when it was on. It was it was in the Thursday night lineup. I watched Friends. I watched yes. Seinfeld. It was it was part of it. But I don't think it's aged very well. I okay. I watched it a couple of years ago again. And I'm like ah. I found myself cringing a lot. Right. I have to, I have to, I have to watch it again. I haven't, I haven't watched it again in years. It's one of those things that, that uh, is on my list when I eventually yeah. find time, which goes back to what we were talking about, that we all need time. Time yes. is, the, is the one commodity that, that uh, you can't get. <laughs> Seinfeld, on the other hand, you can watch at any time. And Seinfeld should be rewatched at any time possible. Yes, for sure. It's aged Thanks. wonderfully. <laughs> Everyone is still horrible and everything is still funny. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So back to when Harry met Sally. So Sally yes. responds to Harry's offer by saying deal. So you'd think that maybe she might be a little bit more optimistic about it. You know, just it's just like, ah, OK, no problem. Well, I you think know. if we had the, the missing scene from from the last minute in where she was dating guys that were saving air and mason jars, that yeah. that quickness to go. Yep, there's not much out there. <laughs> That's right. That's the dating true. pool is shallow. Yeah, <laughs> it it might it might go over a little bit bit more. But yeah, she was she was very quick to agree. Yeah. No, but also, I mean, she, I you know, she talks about the fact that she really likes the fact that she can dance with him cheek to cheek. Now, why is that important for her to be doing with a friend? I think I think part of that was her trying to prove it to herself that they were just friends. Her saying it out loud was was declaring it. It was like it's it's thou doth protest a little too much. Uh-huh. Um, okay. I yeah, I feel like she she said it because she wanted to believe that there was no no other connection between the two of them there, that they could ha- share something that intimate and not have any other feelings connected. But she was wrong. Right. Because, again, we see them. They continue dancing. They do a few 360s as they're dancing. And I love the way that that while they're they're turning around and twisting around, you know, we see their faces and we see that both of them are both happy and shocked and not sure what's going on here. You know, all at the same time. And we get to, like, see the look on their face, which, again, shows how great actors the two of them are, that they're able to convey such feelings just by the look on their faces. You know, and because it, it looks, it looks like they're all scared. Too. That's right. Yes, yes, it does. Freaked out, and and it, it's it feels very voyeuristic to watch. Yeah. It feels yeah, yeah. it feels like you're 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 kind of not supposed to be able to see what you're seeing. Yeah, it's a, it, it's it's actually sometimes I would say it's even a little more uncomfortable watching them acting this way than it was earlier in the week when Sally was having her orgasm. Absolutely agree, one hundred percent. And yeah. You know, I think that's one of the things that they're saying here is that certain things are just too intimate and it's not what people would normally think, you know, that that's what it comes down, you know, which again works, works really well for this movie. It does. does. Yeah. And then uh, we hear someone scream, the the music continues as they're dancing. Then we hear someone scream, Hey everybody, 10 seconds to new year's. And these people start counting down. And they, they both quickly disengage and they look at one another and they, they now look even more scared. You know, like, what are we going to do right now that we're together? Yeah, because if they kiss, uh, That's I right. mean, yeah, if they kiss at midnight, then it might change everything. That's it right. Might ruin, it might ruin the friendship and they neither of them want to sacrifice the friendship. They might right. have these 
underlying feelings. But yeah, it's it's panic. I totally get it. I empathize with this entirely. They do it yeah. so well. Yeah, and then Harry goes, want to get some air? And she goes, yeah. And then the, the, we still hear people counting. They're, they're obviously counting very slowly, <laughs> you know, the way that they're doing it. And the two of them are able to, to, to get out of there. You know, as the, the countdown goes, they both, like, uh, burst onto the patio on the outside. You know, and they they try they want to avoid the crowd, but they also are trying to avoid the awkwardness of how they're supposed to act. And we hear yes. fearing and horns blowing, you know, as as in the end, they're, they're pretty much there alone uh, on this balcony. You know, we don't really see anyone else around as no, you know, everybody's continue. going inside for the big moment. Yeah, we, we hear like a lot of cheering. You know, I, I love the fact that we can see the Empire State Building lit up in the background there. Yeah, you know, it reminds me time. reminds me of Sleepless, you know, where. Where obviously that's Valentine's Day as opposed to, um, you know, as as opposed to when Harry met Sally, but it's still Nora Ephraim. She still does a nice job of 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 giving us that 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 look because it's, she loves this city, and yeah. you feel it. Yeah, and also you can see it like it's 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 the only thing lit up in the background behind them, and it just yep. works really well looking at it. You know, it's also a very uh, well-known uh, landmark that you can, you know, like if it was the Chrysler building, I'd be like, okay, I don't know what the Chrysler building looks like, but everyone knows what the top of the Empire State building looks like. Yep. You know, at this point. Yep. So, you know, it's, 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 it's great to have that in the background with uh, the way they do that. So do you know where the whole idea of like celebrating New Year's and the countdown and stuff like that, do you know where, any of that really comes from? No, no, I don't. If I had to guess, it's a lunar cycle, pagan something, maybe possibly something along those those lines. Right. Well, I, New Year's wasn't really something that was celebrated as uh, vehemently as it was as it is now until like the early part of the 20th century. So, like, even in Times Square, they only started in 1907 to to have, you know, the ball drop in Times Square and stuff like that. You know, it's something that, that it's only been around 100 and, was it, 115 years at this point. Really? 116 years. Um, you know, there there are other places all around the country that have big uh, big parties and stuff like that. But the, the ball, you know, everyone knows about the ball dropping in, in Times Square. You know, that's, that's yes. like the most iconic thought, you know, place where they celebrate. Most of us would watch it on TV. Even, that's right. it, even if you're at the big parties, even people at fancy parties like this one, often there will be a TV at least on and everybody's going to watch the ball drop. That's how you know Correct. it's midnight. Right. We and did so, that. We did that as a family right. when I was a kid. That's right. Me too. And, you know, the whole idea of uh, Guy Lombardo and his band, the Royal Canadians, um, they would have an annual broadcast from uh, Times Square in New York City where they would play uh, Auld Lang Syne at midnight. And, uh, you know, that's actually what made the song synonymous with New Year's. All right. Okay. And this was, this was back in the 20s. Okay. Um, you know, he, he started doing this in, I think, 1929, and he ended up moving it to TV between 1956 and 1976. He was doing it. Um, and then little by little, more things were, were being added 
to the whole idea of the ball dropping. Um, you know, after Lombardo died, so who took over? Oh, Come on, you know. Dick Clark. That's right. So Dick yeah. Clark started in 1973, and this became the the New Year's Eve special event. You know, on TV, you have Dick Clark's rocking. I've watched it since he died. Rocking New Year's Eve, and he yeah. did it for 32 straight years until uh, he suffered a stroke in December of 2004, and then uh, Regis Philburn guest hosted the following year in 2005. Basically, in 2006, it was taken over by Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. And sometimes Clark would show up, you know, even though he had a stroke, so he was very limited. But, you know, until he passed away in 2012, he was still showing up every so often. There is a concert of peace that Lennon Bernstein founded in 1984 in New York. And that, that's also another New Year's Eve uh, event tradition that they, they do. Um, in Las Vegas, they have America's Party, which has a, uh, a, a concert at the Fremont Street Experience. And then they have a, a fireworks show at midnight that many of the casinos, you know, take part in by, uh, you know, shooting off a whole bunch of, uh, of fireworks. Uh, Nashville has a whole bunch of, uh, you know, they have concerts every year with for country music. L.A. has uh, a, a big gathering at the Grand Park, which uh, started in 2014. Uh, what else? Chicago. Has, has stuff uh, starting in 2016. They started doing an event called the Chi Town Rising. Yeah, so you, you got like all these different events that uh, in Miami has stuff. But one of the biggest ones is Disney. Oh, I've heard that. In Walt Disney World Resort in in Orlando, and in Disneyland in Anaheim, they have they, these are the 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 you know both of those parks are the busiest on Christmas and New Year's, and they have big New Year celebrations uh, every year there. So that's really cool to, to know that you can theoretically go to, you can go to Disneyland and uh, celebrate New Year's. I know people that have done that. I, I have no interest in ever going to Disney World or Disneyland. I'll be fine if I don't ever. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. But I understand the attraction to it and why everyone goes. Right. Okay. It's, uh, yeah. For me, it's been decades I since I've been there. So It <laughs> seems like, it, and it seems like going for something like New Year's would be, would be fun if if you like crowds and lots of people. <laughs> yeah, but but people are going there to get away from the snow and the cold because oh, neither. Well, yeah. You won't get that either in Anaheim or in Orlando. You know, You're both right. of those it's going to be nice and and warm and toasty. You know, <laughs> in yeah. uh, for New Year's. But yeah. I'd rather go to New York if I was going to go somewhere. If I was ever going to do anything for New Year's again, if there was anything that I was going to make a big deal out of New Year's, I would. Make sure, in fact, possibly, I'm not going to call it a bucket list because it's not, but it's up there on the, the possible things that I, I I would like to do before I, I croak. Maybe okay. go, to, go to New York for, for New Year's Eve. But once again. You call that a non-bucket list? <laughs> yeah, it's not because I it's not something I feel like I'm compelled and I have to do, but it's something that I'm interested in doing. And if the opportunity arose or... I felt compelled to do so. It's it's there. It's something that I have interest in, but it's not something that I feel a desire that I must do. Now, I'd like to run the New York Marathon. That's a bucket list item for me. So, 
Okay, well, if you have no desire ever go to New York, it's going to be a little difficult to run the New York Marathon. I know. I have all these conflicts <laughs> in my life. That's why I'm so stressed all the time. <laughs> yes. Okay. Except for when you're talking about movies. So, you know, yeah. I'm glad you have time to, 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 to put aside, you know, to talk about movies so that you have stress-free. Movie time. There you go. That's right. It's fun time. Movie time is fun time. <laughs> for sure. There's no question about that. Okay, so you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we, uh, you know, next week we'll get more into what's going on between Harry and Sally as they finally hit, uh, you know, New Year's and stuff like that. But for now, we'll have to wait and see what I, happens. This this scene just, I, I do this a lot now. I do it a lot more with music than I do with movies. But movies and TV too, I think, you know, as you go on with your life, you start to you know, see things from different perspectives. You saw it from the eyes of a child or a teenager or in your early 20s. Everything kind of comes to you differently. So I watched this movie constantly when I was a kid. My parents both loved it. It was always on, and I loved it. I didn't understand half of it, but this was always one of those scenes, and I, I remember it so clearly from my child memory. This was one of those scenes that I was just over my head I had no idea I felt I remember feeling uncomfortable while I was watching it but I didn't know why I was uncomfortable but I never understood this this scene and now now watching it again and not to say that I haven't seen it in recent years I probably watched it two or three years ago um but it's it's definitely I can appreciate it now for for the subtleties that we we talked about okay yeah I really do. It's it's so well done. Yeah, there's no question about that. All right, so the the script actually is very concise here. It doesn't have much about what goes on. We just have the you know the the little part of the two of them standing standing in the party wanting to get out, and then there's actually added dialogue here also between them. It's first of all, it says they dance for a moment. He glances at Sally, and for a split second, we see the beginning of something. An inkling, a little tender moment. And then Harry the Harry breaks it off and says, do you want to get some air? And Sally says, if you do. And then says, they cross out onto the deck. And then Sally says, do you think the fact that we're friends is keeping us from finding somebody? And then Harry says, yeah. So I think we should stop being friends, go home right now, and make love. And Sally <laughs> considers this seriously for a moment, then rejects it. You don't mean that. You know you don't. And then we hear the ten nine eight seven six five four three two one. Happy New Year, everyone kisses. So it, it it's I'm glad they cut this out. I like Me it. Too. I like it, but I, I I'm glad they cut it out because you know it would negate what happens later on. Yeah, yeah. You know because here it's Harry's just like throwing it in as as an aside type of thing. Yes, yeah. You know? And in in this scenario, they're showing, they're not telling, and. And I think because they're not, too, you have the ability as a viewer to connect more emotionally to what they're experiencing. And you have two great actors who are pulling it off. So if you had lesser actors who couldn't do what they did, then then maybe it wouldn't have worked and you would have needed the dialogue, too. But, yeah, right. it's it, it's so much stronger the way it is. Yeah, that's true. So every Friday we have a segment called Weekend Romance, where my guest will give their top five rom-coms yeah so heather you got got something for us 
I do. And let me be clear, my least favorite genre of anything is romantic comedies. I hate them for the most part. But last year around Valentine's Day, I said, you know what? There's a bunch out there that are really, really great. And I'm going to make a list of them for everybody. So for like two weeks before Valentine's Day, I was I was sharing different movies that I think are great romantic comedies. And I was counting down. I don't remember what they were, but I'm probably close to the same because my mind does change. I had to do at least one honorable mention for Blast from the Past because I adore that movie. I think more people need to watch it and go back to it. It's absolutely delightful with Brendan Fraser and Alicia Silverstone and Sissy Spacek and Chris Walken. That's the one with the bomb shelter? Yeah, yeah. It's so silly, but it's so cute. It is so cute. I, I got to say, I don't think I've ever seen it. So oh. it, you've... I've added, I'm now adding it to my list. You got yes. it. There you go. It's, it's so sincere. It's so sincere. It's just, I, I just love it. I love it. So that's an honorable mention for me. Number five, I have ties. I have Crocodile Dundee and Working Girl. I love them both. No ties. Um, no ties. That's not allowed. Not allowed. No ties. Fine. Then Crocodile Dundee is another honorable mention. Number five yeah, is okay. Working Girl. Working Girl would be five. Um, four is When Harry Met Sally. Three, Princess Bride. Two, Romancing the Stone. I love Romancing the Stone. I could watch it on repeat over and over and over again. I adore that movie. But my number one is and always will be my number one. There's nothing even close to it. And it's Overboard. The the Hobbit. (laughs) (laughs) Overboard. Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Overboard. Just, I love that movie. I, I watched it over and over and over and over and over and over again as a kid. And I still do because it was on HBO all the time. Yes, and my parents watched it over and over. They loved Kurt and Goldie, and I worshipped Goldie Hawn as a little girl. I wanted to be Goldie Hawn when I grew up. If I couldn't be Janet Jackson, then it was going to be Goldie Hawn. It turned out I couldn't be either. But <laughs> but I, I I love that movie. I absolutely adore it. It's it's perfect. All right, that's great. That is great. Thank you very much for that, Heather. So Heather, you have anything else you want to say about this movie? It's just so wonderful. And and yes, it's very, very 80s. It's it's definitely a product of its time, but I don't at the same time feel like it's dated. I feel like the the conversation between Harry and Sally is still relevant and it's hilarious and it's endearing and it's delightful. And that's why it's still in my top five rom-coms of all time. And I just love it. Everyone should watch it. Um, well, most of the people who are listening to this probably have already, but you should go rewatch. Yeah, <laughs> go rewatch it and make other people watch it. Do what Correct. we do. Annoy everybody with all of your movie knowledge and affection. That's right. That's that's a great way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you want to tell people for one final time this season, because I know you'll be back next season. So for this season, you know, why don't you tell people how they can find Heather Baxendale and where they can yeah. find Heather Baxendale. You can find me under my pen name, H.B. Walsh, on Facebook and Instagram. You can find my book, The Prophecy Part 1, on Amazon. Just go do a search and you'll find it. You can also find the podcast that I co-host. It's a Buffy rewatch podcast called Word of Hellmouth. It's on rabbitholepodcast.com. All right, great. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for a movie a minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. So once again, Heather, thank you very much for joining me this week. I, I had a blast. It was I great. Did too. 
Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely delightful. Yes. Uh, like I said, hopefully people are still listening and didn't, didn't run away after, after our conversations at the beginning of this week. Um, <laughs> yes. But, yes, but, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Heather. You're welcome. <laughs> yum, yum, as they say. <laughs> oh, it's a good day. <laughs> yes, of course it is. Of course it is. All right. So uh, I will be back on, on Monday with a new guest. Thank you once again to Heather and everyone have a great weekend. And until Monday, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's Gave having. Me a thrill with all your faults. I love you still. It had to be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you.